welcome to the Warrington Football Podcast. Welcome to the Warrington Football Podcast. This week, it is over to the listeners. We've been taking questions from you all week and we will be answering as many of them as we can tonight on the show. This is the Warrington Football Podcast. Welcome back to the Warrington Football Podcast. Rick here. I will be hosting tonight. And tonight on the show, we are joined by the newly appointed vice chairman. He's been on a bit of a hiatus from the podcast. We've missed him immensely. Vice chairman of Bruce Athletic, none other than our very own PJ. How are you, mate? Hello. I'm good to be, it's good to be back. Just had a couple of weeks off, busy holidays so now I'm hopefully back at it every week now raring to go raring to go so how are you feeling about the new role with Bruce uh, looking forward to it we're not going to we've already decided we're not going to change much um, just keep it running um, it's a big club that me and Chris both grew up with and um, we know that Dave and Sandra did a, a lot of work over the 12 13 years they were there and um, they needed people to take on more roles so it wasn't just them two and Chris volunteered and I said I don't mind helping out and Chris put me forward for vice chairman and I got voted in. Brilliant so in the very near future we're going to have the three amigos from Bruchon Chris as you all know as Jacko, PJ and Tim They'll all be on and we'll be having a Bruce Athletic special looking at the history of the club, what the boys have got in store for the future and their number 1 to 11 of the best players they've known from Bruce. Also joining me tonight is the Queen of Warrington Women's Football. H, how are you? I'm all right, Rick. Yeah, really good, thank you. Just uh, hoping the weather stays nice this week. I've been absolutely loving the weather. All right. Been nice. I actually went to the driving range today at Highley. Oh right, I didn't know you played. No. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I did actually hear there was, um, there was an accident over at Highley today, wasn't there? Oh, I don't know. I've missed that. No, we we yeah, went this, this afternoon and um, um, just got was... on the driving range, looking a few balls. But there was a car going down the road and it got hit by a golf ball. <laughs> Why do I fall for that every time? <laughs> <laughs> that, that wasn't even difficult age. <laughs> you're gonna learn how, how gullible I am no it wasn't my ball although I did actually nearly hit myself with the ball with my own ball but that's another story <laughs> and last but by no means least we are joined by recently voted as the number one referee in all of Warrington football Mr Joe Hitchmo how are you mate yeah I'm good mate yourself I'm very good, looking nicely tanned there, Joe. Have you been away as well? 
Yeah, so a lovely week in Turkey. It was, uh, as you can see, it was very, very hot. Yes, um, we all saw the five-star hotel that you were staying in as well. <laughs> yeah, jabbiest git on the planet, I think. <laughs> <laughs> living, living the high life as uh, Warrington's best referee. <laughs> yeah, I just like to say, I got upgraded courtesy of the airline. Nothing to do with uh, the money I get from uh, fines and <laughs> that's just PJ's fines, isn't it? That's not just PJ's fines. Yeah, or sending my kids to college. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm one of the. T- I've 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 only been booked once. It was for descent. I can't remember. It was, um, <laughs> the ref gave a penalty, and I was adamant it wasn't. But I got booked for descent, and that's the only card I've ever got. Who's the ref? Who's the ref? I can't remember. Chris knows him quite well. He retired a couple of years ago. He, don't, he lives in Wollstone. He, I'm sure he lives in Wollstone. Not Roy, is it? I can't remember, I, I can't remember his name. I'll message, I'll message Chris. I'll, I'll get his name before the end of the pod and then I'll bring it back up. Were you gutted when you got booked as well? Uh, I was. I, well, I, I, I sort of knew it was coming. Um, <laughs> it's only a matter of time because it was a bucket. <laughs> no, it's just it was just because I was getting a bit. I was getting a bit angry because I was. I was adamant it wasn't a penalty. Um, and then was this Jack, before Simbin. Uh, this was before Simbin. Yeah. yeah, I think it was about me fourth year at Bruce Open Age, and it was our Chris. Our Chris at the end of the game when it was a penalty. So I was like, all right, okay. <laughs> I, I got my first book in this season ever, like in nearly thirty years, and I was absolutely devastated. We've spoken about it, wasn't it? It was Alan. Alan Dunbar. I told yeah. him as well. <laughs> I told him <laughs> I was he apologised the next game. <laughs> I can't believe I can't believe the referee apologised to you for booking you. <laughs> well, that's how gutted I was. <laughs> so, and it was just a, a late clumsy challenge, but you know, not intentional. But yeah, it was probably deserved to be honest. That's what we call oh, reckless. <laughs> reckless, yeah, it was. Curless is a yellow. Reckless, that, sorry, curless is a talking to. Reckless is a yellow. What's the red then, Joe? Dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Basically, anything that's uh, we see as dangerous, violent, you go in. Yeah. So the way tonight's going to work, we've got some um, general questions that we're going to ask, and everyone can answer. But obviously, we've been opening it up on social media all week to people that listen to the show. And there's some specific questions for our hosts. So going to start with a nice general one to get us all into the swing of it. So each one of you, what was your first football memory? So H, do you want to go first for us? Um, my first football memory was probably pushing a football around in a pram when I was younger. <laughs> I didn't push a doll around. I pushed a, pr- a football around in the pram. <laughs> what was what was the first game you remember? Oh, God, um, it'll have been a Middlesbrough game. Oh, I can't okay. remember which and one it was. Like I still like football, and I still support Middlesbrough. So, wow. <laughs> I can't remember if we won or lost. Who it was against? We probably lost. <laughs> I, I, I was going to say um, I could take a stab in the dark on the result. <laughs> Hey, we're not doing that bad now, but but yeah, it'll have been a Middlesbrough game. Um, but yeah, that, my earliest memory is the pushing the, the football around in a pram. Brilliant. I remember going to what year would it have been? It'd have been 
96-97 season, United played against Middlesbrough and it was absolutely lashing it down. It was raining that much that at half-time, the groundsmen came on with pots of paint to repaint the lines on the pitch because they'd washed off. It was raining that much. And it, <laughs> it finished 3-3. It was an absolute classic game. It was brilliant. Uh, I, I do remember a Middlesbrough game against United and it was my birthday. I remember my dad was making me stay in the car and, and I wanted to get out and go to the stadium and he'd rang the, the local radio station to wish me happy birthday. Um, but I didn't realise why he was making me stay in the car until then. But, uh, but actually, I think we beat United on, on that, that game. <laughs> oh, what, One of the few games we beat them. Yeah, I forgot that one. <laughs> oh, Joe, same question to you. Earliest memories of football? Oh, earliest memories of playing football in the garden and breaking the shed window and getting an absolute clip round the ear off my dad. <laughs> And <laughs> um, then the first football game I ever went to was the 83-84 season and it was Everton versus Coventry um, and I just remember coming into the Gladys Street the, the home end of Everton coming up the, the stairs and then looking out and seeing the main stand which is just all about what 15,000 people possibly more and it just looked like the biggest stand in the world, the biggest building I'd ever seen. It was just huge. And yeah, and, and of course Everton were great back then, so we just remember celebrating lots of goals and having good times. Back in the day. Back, back in, in the day. day. Far too long ago. Far too long ago. Same for you, PJ? Um, I think my earliest memory is actually playing what me and Chris used to call mini-matches in the back garden. Just one on ones. It was no, we because of um, we all, at my mum's house, she had a bit of grass and then you had a wall and it went down to a lower level. So you, if you had to shoot from the lower level and get it over the wall, one of your viewers in there and then you one just had shots and whoever scored the most, we used to have to be a team and then a player. But Chris knew everyone back then, so he could pick a team and know about 10 players from each. I was I'm four years now, doesn't he? Yeah, I'm, I, I, I struggled with certain teams. I'm like, I've no idea who any of these are. So Chris used to pick players for me. And then only when I got a bit older, I had to have a look and go, no, don't know who they are. But, <laughs> um, first memory watching uh, was at town. I, th- I can't remember the game. I think my mum was going out and my brother and my dad were going to football. So I had to go with my dad. Um I enjoyed it. I didn't really know what was going on. I think I was a bit too young. And I wasn't really interested in watching football as much back then. I just wanted to play. Um, and then, so then after that, I was sort of, I didn't mind it, so I kept going every now and again. Uh, but I was a bit late going to watch uh, Liverpool, actually. I only watched Liverpool when I got a free ticket. Um, and the same as Joe, you go go up, and it was in the cop as well. It was... Uh, oh, wow. Balotelli's debut against Swansea <clears throat> so that's how so it wasn't that actually that long ago and I walked out to in the cop I was like oh my god I'm here so but yeah so now I've been hooked ever since I have been Anfield more times now though now, now I'm now I've got a job and I can pay for a ticket but I prefer prefer going uh, non-league yeah or National League as it is 
My National, League, National League North. National League North, yeah, no. Um, my first memory was the 94 FA Cup final. Um, I remember I was at primary school and it was like the spring fair at primary school and everyone had to pay like 10p or 20p, but they had a big telly in the hall with the FA Cup final on. So I paid, paid my 10p and... I must have only been seven, seven at the time. And just seeing Cantona, I was like, who's this guy with his collar pulled up and strutting around the pitch? And he scored two penalties and United won 4-0. And then it was all always United from then for me. Um, my first game in person was the next season, FA Cup again, and it was United against Leeds. So United against Leeds, obviously it's a very hotly contested game, but United scored twice, I think, in the first five minutes. And I was, obviously I'm not much taller now, but it was a proper short house then. I couldn't see over the people in front of me, so I didn't know that United would tune up till about 10 minutes later. So moving on from that, we've got our first viewers is it a viewer or is it a listener? What are we saying? So, sorry, Rick. Sorry to interrupt. I've got the completely wrong referee who booked me. Oh, go on. Who was it? It was Bernard Pennington who booked me. No relation to Lee, is it? I don't think so. Uh, it, was, it was still for dissent, but now I remember what actually happened. I've got the games the wrong way around and I didn't get booked for the penalty. What did you get booked? Was it still for uh, We both went in for a 50-50. Uh, but we both had studs showing. <laughs> uh, and it was, uh, and I got booked and the other lad didn't. So I said, how can I get booked and him not if it's a 50-50? Both stood showing. And I had a, I, and I had a big rip in me shot where he stood went. So I was like, yeah. So, so it was Bernard. Bernard. Don't know him. He's probably don't ref anymore. He, he, he was a dreadful ref. I don't say, I don't say bad things about referees that often, but, he was a he, he was a shocking ref. Yeah, I can't say no, I don't remember him. No, sorry, Rick, but you can we'll go back to the questions now. <laughs> so this one's actually for you. Um so we've had a couple of town fans, um Charlie Cosham and Phil Walker, that have both asked pretty similar questions. And that's how do you think town will do in their first ever season in the National League North next year? Um well, we've not made any signings yet, really. Um, I think with a squad that they've maintained, um, I think lower mid-table. I don't think I don't want him personally. I don't want him to be anywhere near the bottom. But I'd be happy with mid-table, comfortably. Don't want to go to the last game of the season where we've got to fight for survival. Because I know Chris and my dad have been through that a couple of years years back. Um, but I think the style that he play, I think it could be anyone on the day. So, but it'll be it'll be interesting. But ideally, lower mid table, I think, realistically, um, and then hopefully have a cup run. That would be nice. Yeah, I think the start is crucial this year for Town, isn't it? I think if they get a good start, they could finish top half of the table, maybe. But if they if they make a poor start and maybe lose 
maybe like two out of the first three, three out of the first five. It could be, could be a yeah, long, dull, difficult season. Gonna say, you don't want to start playing catch up straight away, do you? Yeah, I think. I think. I also think you need. I think we need more squad depth as well. I know last year. I know we uh, we've had Toby on before. He said it'll be a similar plan to this year. Well, I think maybe one or two extra, maybe some utilities, utility players. We seemed a bit short up front at some point. Yeah. Um, with Amish and uh, but, um, Buckley, he seems to have injuries between yeah. them in the season. That that'd be my concern. And Phil Harrison from Dayton's just asked a similar question. Um, obviously, it's it is a big step up, and Town have managed to retain pretty much the whole squad from last season but as of yet, haven't recruited anyone yet. Um, do you think there's any positions that need to strengthen to compete more in the National um, next year? I think the forwards, yeah. I think I don't think there's enough goals for him. I know Amy's got double figures, um, but I just think they sort of try and play the same way when they've got the same strikers up. And I, don't get me wrong, the Greek god, uh, Amy. <laughs> Fantastic, and I, I would have had, I will have him next year starting. Um, but it would be nice just to have a different option. Same with uh, Buckley, but he, he Buckley seems to get injured, have a run of games, yeah. gets injured. Um, Buckley Ricketts played up through the middle a couple of times, and he make, he he makes the right runs, but he seems to prefer being out wide and doing yeah. it that way. Um, I see what you I, mean with with Buckley. If he's if he's fully fully fit, he's one of the the better strikers in that league, I think. Yeah, but I think he he missed what did he miss two thirds of the season last year with injuries. Yeah, and I think when he come back, he looked a bit hesitant for making some sprints because I think yeah. he has issues with his hamstrings or quads, and I think you can tell when he's not fully sprinting because he's he's probably the quickest player at town. And then he just sort of holds back a tiny bit. Uh, I think also we need cover at centre-back. Um, if Gums and Hannigan get injured, I don't think we've got enough cover. And we have Mitch Duggan, who could fill in anywhere. He could yeah. play in that, I think, and try his hardest for the for the, for the the team. But Yeah, he's been an absolute fantastic servant to the club, hasn't he, Mitch? He's a great lad yeah. as well. Um, and I think the mid- midfield-wise, I think we've got enough. I think there's enough cover with McDonnell. Dixon, uh, Willow, Harris. Yeah, um, very, very strong in midfield, aren't they? Yeah, and I think fullbacks, maybe one, one more. I know you've got Duggan. Um, I don't know, it's Tom, oh, what's his name? Tom, Tom Warren. Warren. Yeah, Tom Warren. Is it? Did he stay? Has he stayed? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. Obviously, Deck's still there. Deck's still there. I think, has Deck just had, had his kid as well? Did, was he expecting another kid? Um, I'm, I'm not sure. I've not spoken him for a few weeks, if I'm honest. I'm not supposed to say seen on Facebook him holding a new baby, so I don't know if it was his. So if it is, congrats, congrats, Deck. If not, congrats to the baby it is. <laughs> Passed pass on our congratulations. Um, but yeah, I think for town, I think I think they'll enjoy it anyway, no matter yeah. how the seasons, because they've never been that high up. Um, yeah, it's gonna be a great season, regardless. You just hope that that it's not a season. For the fans, where it's you're hoping rather than expecting wins. Yeah, and I think there's some big teams that we can go and see. I know a lot of fans are waiting to see Scunthorpe away. 
Yeah. Um, I've seen on the on the chats, uh, on Facebook chats. So yeah, I think that, that's my that's my opinion anyway. So brilliant. Cheers, buddy. So gonna go back to a general question now. So let's have Kate. Who has been the best player that you have seen live? And we'll start with Joe first. Best player you've seen live. Ooh, pick any of the uh, Everton 84, 85 team. I'm going to say <laughs> Ronaldo 9, Brazilian. Uh, yeah. I got to see him at Goodison Park in the Umbro Cup. I think it was, uh, I think it was 1995. Uh, he didn't have that great a game, but just to see him on the pitch... It was like, wow. Yeah. That would definitely be my pick. Yeah, mine is exactly the same, to be honest. Um, we were saying in the week, I've I'm very I've seen myself as being very, very lucky that I had a season ticket for years at United when they were in the Champions League every year playing against some of the best players in the history of the game. So pretty much all of the best players of the last 20 years I've seen in the flesh, so I count myself extremely lucky for that. So, seeing um, top of my head, Zidane, Ronaldinho, Ronaldo, Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo, Figo, Roberto Carlos, just Kaká, can name, name them off the top of my head. And I just feel exceptionally lucky to have seen so many great players. But the, the standout one for me was um, R9 Ronaldo. Saw, saw the game when he played for Real Madrid against United at Old Trafford and he scored a hat-trick. And if I tell you, it was the, the laxest, laziest warm-up of any player I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> he, he didn't even break sweat. He just walks out into the centre circle, kicked the ball with his left foot, kicked the ball with his right foot, and then walked back in. But <laughs> as an explosive forward... I've never seen a forward with such a turn of pace and he hit the ball hard. You know, people used to say like Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank absolutely rifled the ball. The first and the third goals that night past Bartes. We were talking about it with um, Carl Wills when he was on that some pundits say keepers should never get beaten at the near post. And he's like, absolutely lashed this ball first time past Bartes. I don't think Bartes saw it till it hit the net. And then second goal, brilliant movement by him at the end of a fantastic move. And then to complete his hat-trick, I think he's just knocked one into the top corner from 25 yards. And it was just ridiculous. And I just always think, had it not been for the horrendous injuries that he had, he'd, he'd be without doubt, the best player ever for me. Obviously, injuries hampered him and he was still talked about in the conversation of being one of the best ever. So that's it. that's him for me. Um, H, best player you've seen live? Not a Middlesbrough player? Uh, he was a Middlesbrough player, but um, <laughs> he's also Everton and a few others. But I, I wasn't lucky being a Middlesbrough fan to see all those those uh, names that you've just <laughs> you've just name dropped because we never played against those teams but um my best player the first one that came to mind was Paul Gascoigne um just because and he had a, a small stint at, at Middlesbrough but he was just so skillful like with the ball he could pick out a pass just from anywhere and he was really comical on the pitch as well 
I don't know at Everton, Joe, if you ever saw him. Like there was a few things he did. I always remember one time when he put the he was taking a corner and he put the ball about a yard off the the circle, you know, the, the corner circle, uh, circle, waiting for the fans just to shout at him, and and you know he turned around and gave them a thumbs up, and you know it was just he was just a comedian, wasn't he, really on the pitch? But lots he was a of great training ground stories. Well. Lots of yeah. training ground <laughs> stories about him. Uh, we we uh, he, he was never the same player that he was that I watched growing up for like Spurs and, and Lazio. Um, but you just got little glimpses of it, just little glimpses of it every now and then. I can remember one game, FA Cup against Stoke, and I go with me, mate. We're having a bad day. We, we got we come off the coach and we got bottles and bricks thrown at us. Then we got into the ground and it was, it was a terrible game. And uh, the next minute, you just got the ball and he went past about three players, then he just dinged it into the bottom corner. Uh, it's just lovely guy. It was just that was Gascoigne esque. Did you watch that what? documentary about him? It was on Sky. I've seen yeah. a few documentaries of him. He One said, he said, uh, just... he, said he, he said the move to Lazio, Lazio, well, I can't speak. Lazio, Lazio uh, killed his career. So he said he was just constantly on his own, drinking, trying to party, and no I mean, one. He used to fly um, Jimmy Five Bellies out, didn't he? And just drink with him, drink the yeah. clock man with him. Yeah, I think it was just a, a totally different culture back then. And it was one of those just... interesting ones, wasn't it? It's kind of like a sliding doors moment for him that he'd agreed to join United and then went to Tottenham instead. Um, but um, a friend of the family of, that I know used to play for Newcastle and used to share a room with Gaza. And he said he was, he just, he couldn't, Calm down. It was just he had to be doing something all the time, and it was just that constant need for excitement, and that's probably why he was so off the cuff on the pitch. Like I'm probably the same as H. I I never saw him when he was younger, and everyone said just how wonderful a player he was. No, oh, great player. Yeah, I mean you know 1990, especially when he came into the World Cup in Italy, he was unplayable, absolutely unplayable. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's another great player that I've got to see live many times. I got to see him in his prime. I got to see him after his prime, like I say, just small glimpses of it, which came yeah. through every now and then. And what he could do, what he used to do all game, every game. He was, just, he was a phenomenal player. Yeah, it's a, it's a good show. It's a good show. PJ, over to you. Best player you've seen live? I see my mind's very limited. Um, because it wasn't any of the players that I saw uh, Liverpool versus Swansea. Um, it's probably got to be the little Brazilian magician, Philip Coutinho. I watched him in the Champions League um, against Hoffenheim, and he just absolutely ran the show on the pitch. And Better than Gerard. Gerard didn't play. I don't think Gerard played. I think it was after Gerard left. Yeah, he just ran the show. And um, I've watched him on telly loads of times and watched him live. You just, you see, when you're at the live game, you don't see like the movement off the ball and yeah. the runs he makes. And it was just, I was gutted when he left, when he went to Barca. And um, Klopp was right. If he stayed, he would have had a statue by now. Yeah, I agree with that. I think 
it's difficult, isn't it? Because you look at some of the players that were playing for Liverpool at the time that have, have left, and nobody nobody's improved. No. So it's that old adage that it's only one way after you left United. It's it's proving to be exactly the same with Liverpool at the minute because the way that Klopp has the team playing, it's that's the Liverpool way now. And I don't think there's another team in world football that that play the same way as Liverpool. No, it's it's hard to think. I think his head got turned because it's Barca. He always wanted to play at Barca. And um, the money, he was like 115 mil, wasn't it? Something like that. Yeah. So, and I don't think Liverpool probably rubbed their hands together and gone... Oh, 100%. Yeah. It was crazy because he, was, he wasn't a, a well-known player when Liverpool signed him. Like, signed a great mill. knew of him from Inter Milan, but... He, he wasn't a, a starter there. He wasn't a, a household name by by any respects. And he turned into an absolute world beater, didn't he? Yeah. I was going to say, we signed, uh, in, they signed him for about eight mil, I think. Yeah. I think when like Real Madrid or Barcelona come in for you, your head's going to be turned. Oh, of course it is. Just the way of life they're offering you. The way of life they're offering you. I mean, I think Real Madrid, am I right in saying that they're training Base has got all the houses around it where they all live. I think so, yeah. Community, it's got shops of cinema on there and art school, all sorts. So you just looked after like a king. <laughs> yeah. And if you played in the sunshine, a lot of golf, ask Gareth Bale. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what a career he had. What, golf or football? Football, obviously. <laughs> He's, he was well, looking pretty at good at golf, a golfer, wasn't he? He's talking about going pro, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I say, he's not that far off being pro. Yeah, I will be pro soon, by the sounds of it. Now, if you if you saw me, you'd say <laughs> the opposite. <laughs> right, H, listener question for you now from Kelly Wright. So it says, the word retirement got glossed over in the podcast. I think you could play forever, but have you thought about what you want to do when the time comes? And could you see yourself as a coach, manager, or even a ref? And would you want to stay with the Wolves women or go to a different club? That word, retirement. (laughs) (laughs) Keep following your arm now. I know. So so thanks, Kelly, for that. Do you know what? Kelly comes to the... Warrington matches every time we're at home um she's there she takes a family it's like a little family day out she absolutely oh, loves love it she's that. like a true fan I know she's brilliant um but yeah I, I well I'd love to do some coaching I don't know about refereeing I don't think I'm as brave <laughs> <laughs> Joe to to referee Joe um the dark side. I'd love to do coaching <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I could hack anyone having a go at me and not say something back. <laughs> I don't think I could be disciplined enough. It, it takes a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh but yeah, no, definitely, definitely coaching and definitely with with the Warrington Wolves. I, I wouldn't, you know, I had as through my career, if you like, um, I've had chances to go to different places. I actually got scouted once by Manchester City before that came you know big but but they scouted me as, as well as Tranmere and I always you know I always said I want to stay where my friends are you know it's a social thing for me um 
so I'd never never want to leave Warrington and obviously it's it's you know it's been 30 years now that I've been with Warrington so um with a little stint of, of Pennington as well I was at Pennington for three years I think it was when the original team folded for Warrington but, um, but yeah definitely something like coaching <laughs> no the team had folded the original Warrington oh, team the had folded Warrington? so I, Warrington it was the original one yeah 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 um so they went there um but as soon as we we started up you know 10 years ago now when Wendy started up you know she heard last week on the podcast um I was there with with Warrington so but yeah definitely some sort of coaching maybe defensive coaching um just something on the sideline I won't walk away from it altogether I don't think I could it's been my life for for 30 years so um but yeah no definitely I'll I'll still be there somehow <laughs> yeah I think you're just you're just pretty much synonymous with Warrington women's now aren't you just yeah if you ever want to talk to anyone about Wolves women or Wolverines or anything they're like oh Helen I was like yeah yeah Helen she's still there she's still going <laughs> Helen, yeah, how, still how, going. Many, how many years do you think you got left playing don't know I'm feeling it a lot more nowadays I'm all right well I say I'm all right during the matches my glutes are a lot tighter than they used to be <laughs> <laughs> But but it's more after the game. I literally like Anthony. Well, my partner will tell you after a game I can't walk. I just can't, I can't move. I'm so sore. Um, and obviously as you get older, you, you know you guys will know as well. Um, it takes a lot longer to recover. So um, yeah, obviously this season I'm still still going. I'll I'll just keep going until I physically can't carry on. Until it's a detriment to the team, <laughs> me carrying on. Um, yeah, I'll just keep going. I played five a side a couple of weeks ago. I'm still recovering from that age. <laughs> just takes longer, doesn't it? Oh, it's ridiculous. And just niggly injuries that just take forever to recover from. Yeah, that's the thing, actually. I, I um, This last season I, was, season I was okay, but the season before that, I actually had a, um, I think it was my calf first, like a calf pull. Um was out for about four weeks came back for a couple of weeks then had a hamstring pull yeah. on the same leg so you know and, and I'd never well I'd had a few injuries before that but it takes for a broken leg for me to not play football but that really did you know I, I remember when my hamstring went I, I was actually I was crying coming off the pitch because I was so upset because I know that I've not got that many years left in me and I don't ever want to be injured I don't want to be missing football games so yeah. it really did did upset me, but luckily I was all right this season. You'll have to get in that vets team that Wendy's going to be setting up soon. I know, yeah, that, that might be my next step to stay fit. <laughs> <laughs> right, next general question. So your proudest moment in football, and PJ, do you want to take us off first on this one? Is this for playing or...? Whatever you want, mate. However you want um, to interpret it. I've got a playing at Cantilever for Warrington Town Reserves. Um, my debut. Turned up. Uh, wasn't expecting to play. But just thought I was just in the squad to make the numbers. Uh, Danny Salt threw me a shirt. Grabbed it. Massive on me. Set the number first. Number two. He went. I looked at him, he went, yep, yeah, you're starting it right back. And then I think we also my dad and my brother watching as well. Because um, I thought I was, I was never actually a good player as a kid, believe it or not. I know you've seen me now and you think, that oh, can't not be made true. It. 
Yeah. Um, as a but, I, I think I played in the wrong position all the years. I think finally playing centre back. I think I found my position are just a bit too late, old fashioned as Joe would call it. Hoof, hoof the <laughs> ball away. Uh, but yeah, played. I played. I can't remember what we played. I remember we drew two all. But uh, like he absolutely peed it down as well. And I forgot, I didn't realise how big the pitch was. So I was running for a good 60 minutes and then Danny Solid knew I was I was out on my legs. Um, and then he saw me after 60 minutes. But I said to me dad, I went, that's unreal. I'm never going to forget that moment. Just playing on a pitch that you've, you've gone to watch, watch your team play on hundreds of times and then you finally get to get to play. And the fact that my brother and my dad were in the VIP balcony as well. Only because Chris knew uh, Danny Salt and uh, <laughs> I think Jeff uh, or someone was there and he let him up, let him in to let him stay out of the rain. Brilliant. Um, Joe, proudest moment? That's just, just happened. <laughs> Being voted the referee of the year by the clubs it means a lot. Uh, there's about 50 referees, I think, you're up against. Yeah, so tell us tell us about the process of it, Joe, because we kind of announced that you'd won it, mm-hmm. but do you now get a golden whistle or something? <laughs> yes, yeah, so you get a trophy, so a shield, which you keep for the season. And you're given a, I've been given a clock, an engraved clock. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it's a nice touch. Um, so is it- the process itself, it... Um, Goes off to improve your timekeeping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's instead of your stopwatch, you have to carry the yeah. clock around with you every day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he goes on your, your scores and then they ask for the feedback for the top. I think it's three or four referees from all the clubs and then uh, the air gets voted for. So, yeah, that yeah, to get, a lot to get that, that it's voted for by the managers of all, all the teams that you've been refing that season. Yeah, and to be honest, I, I felt like I'd had a really good season as well. And then I was a little bit worried, I thought, because I got the injury, I thought, probably out of the running now. So I didn't think I'd get enough points Yeah, in the scores. But um, no, it, it, I still still got voted. Um, so yeah, absolutely over the moon. Yeah, it's a fantastic yeah. achievement. We're all really, really proud of you for it. Cheers, thank you. Thank you. Um, and also refereeing, refereeing on Goodison. That was a great experience. Um, obviously, I'm getting onto the pitch as an Everton fan was awesome for me. <laughs> but and as a player, though, never really did anything to tell you the truth. So I went into refing. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm pretty similar. I've I've not really got much of a playing career to talk about. At a pretty young, relatively young age, I realised that I could get a lot higher through the leagues coaching than I ever could playing. So I think I was in the coaching setup at teams from 24. So I've been doing it for quite a while now. So my proudest moments come from being in coaching capacity at games. So I've got a couple. Um, very, very proud moment was actually managing Warrington Town for a game between Joey Dunn leaving his position and Sean Reed came in. Um, we had a, a meeting with the players and we discussed it. And I put my hand up and said, I'll, I'll take the team at the weekend. And the players were, were happy for me to do that. So I took the team for a game away at Bamber Bridge. 
So that was that was a really proud moment. Lost 2-1, but it was a great experience. Um, making my semi-pro debut for Lee Genesis, again, away at Bamber Bridge. So I've had a few experiences there. That was a, a really special moment for me. But obviously, winning the leagues with, with Town and Rylands got to be high up there. But the one that just overshadows everything is, is the FA Cup first round game against Exeter. Just everything about the occasion, being on TV, the atmosphere in the ground, probably the best atmosphere at any game I've ever been at. And that's not even exaggerating. The, the atmosphere was incredible that night. And to get the win on TV, three and a half million people watching on, on BBC and across the world, you just getting into non-league, you never think that that kind of experience will happen to you. So that's... Yeah, I, was, I was at that game. It was a great night. Oh, great night. I was. The, the, I've never known an atmosphere like it. So obviously I'm, I'm on the touchline, but you two can, can chip in. So I've been at um, like Champions League semi-finals, United against Barcelona, and the, the atmosphere was incredible. But just how close everyone was to the pitch and mm. you, you know like that saying you can feel the electricity in the air and you really really could that night you could feel the excitement and the tension so how did how did you two find that night oh it's just a great night under the lights and like you say you could feel the tension you could feel the it was electric and when the goal went in <laughs> place erupted because everyone was so close that night like all the way around the ground, everyone was so tight to the pitch. Yeah, it's it's funny because on the um, BBC footage of it, it showed the bench when the goal went in, and you could just see me legging it down the touchline to get to be with the players. It was it was incredible. H, what do you remember about that night? Just the same, really, as Joe. You know, everyone. I think you just because you were so close to the pitch, you just felt part a part of it. And obviously when the goal went in, it was just, it was amazing. I think it, it just changed things with the TV cameras being there as well. It just made it more special. Um, but yeah, no, it was a great, it was a great match and a great night. And what's your proudest moment, H? Um, mine is receiving a letter from Hope Powell, the old um, oh, wow. England manager, to, to um, inviting me to a, a trial session, open trial session. Um, for England women I was 18 so I was only young um, and unfortunately I was going on holiday the same day so I got to do the morning session and um, didn't get to do the, the afternoon session obviously didn't get picked for it I think they were choosing two out of the 150 girls that were there but just to be picked was a, a big privilege Um I've still got that letter somewhere I kept that treasure oh there, yeah so that's, it was nice that's for the be. memory box isn't it that, that's incredible yeah definitely no, it's ama it was amazing. And I just always remember when I was there. I know the two that were picked. I don't know who they were. They're probably, they've probably played for England now, but they were like the two gobbiest ones. <laughs> the ones that you <laughs> just hear wherever you are on the pitch. I'm not gobby, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't, I wasn't then, might be now, but um, in a good way. <laughs> but yeah, it was a, it was a great experience. I was gutted that I couldn't do the full day, but. Um, still to go in the morning was was brilliant. Fantastic. Right. Listener question for you, Joe. Um, how do you see um, the rule changes that are being implemented in the leagues affecting teams next season? So 
for, for those listeners that don't know it, could you just talk around the rule changes that are coming in and how you think that will affect games and teams at that level? Yes, this is a massive change, really, in for, for grassroots. Um, I think, it's, is it down from step six below? I think so, yeah. yeah so it will affect the northwest counties. Um, but this is going to be a points deduction. Um, so they tried the sim bin. I think it's had a bit of mixed joy, the sim bin. I don't think it's really had the effect they wanted. Uh, but now the onus has been put back onto the clubs. So, yeah, players and managers now have, have got to really watch the P's and Q's. Yeah, they've um, really got to toe the line, haven't they? Yeah, because you, you could be in a position now where you could lose the league or something that a manager or a player has said and done. Not only that, Joe, you could be relegated. You could be relegated, yeah. You could go it works well. at both ends of the table, doesn't it? Yeah, and word will get around. You know, you, you might have players who go, "Yeah, he or she is a good player, but can't keep their mouth shut. They lost us the league, or they got us relegated." Yeah, is this, is this real happening in kids' football as well, or is it just open age? I've not seen anything to say that it's going into kids' football, but I've not seen anything to say that it's not. But I, I think it will. I was going to say, I think because I I watch uh, my well, me stepson play um, under thirteens, and some of the some of the back chat the refs get off them and like in, in some ways I'd say junior football is worse yeah I think I think if some of the referees have started putting the cards out to them lads I think you've got to cut it out earlier on um, but I'm not a ref but I like if I tell my lad I went, if some of them lads spoke to me like, I'd just I'd be card happy then but like nah, you have a card for you what are you carrying on red card ta-da give me 20 quid Oh, exactly, yeah. That, that's that's the point. You know, some people don't care about getting a fine for a yellow card. Well, they're not going so, to some people, it. If it happens at kids' football, it's exactly. going to be the parents, which they won't be happy about. So, I've, some I've people been, are actually think thinking. Go on, sorry. I was going to say, I think it'd be a good idea to start in the kids' football, mm-hmm. or maybe maybe when they start in uh, eleven aside. So, is that under twelves? Yeah, I think it's. Yeah, I think it's there. Yeah, I think from, as soon as they get to, uh, to 11 aside, then bring it in then. So that's when it seems to start creeping in when they go to high school. Yeah, I, mean, uh, I, I you, think it's a great I move to put the onus back on. Yeah. Yeah, I think it'd be great. I've always, I've already <laughs> put a message in our group saying, you know, this season you've got to keep your mouth shut. And I, I'm like, I don't know if you've ref me, Joe. I think you said you might off once, but. I'm um, yeah. really res- always make a point of being really respectful to referee because we we've had a conversation on um, off off podcast, haven't we? All of us and and said that it kind of it'll go against you, you know, if you're if you're in the referee's face all the time and you know effing and blinding shouted, it's just going to go against you whether they they mean to it to go against you or not. And I've always been one for respecting referees. You get nowhere from it, you know be nice from the start you know what's the you're not gonna he's not gonna change it he or she's not gonna change their mind so but of course with kids they see it on the telly all the time and you know what what are your thoughts about bringing it in you know at the top level i i think it should be at the top level i really do think it should it will get complicated because there'll be a lot of a lot of hearings because people trying to contest it but if you i mean especially at the top level you're caught on camera you should do. You should have the, the referees, referees have got microphones. Up. Yeah, the referees yeah. have got the microphones. I mean, it happened recently, didn't it, with Klopp and Paul Turney? Yeah, yeah. 
I think uh, you do, uh, do it like the rugby league. So if you're on the telly, they can hear yeah. what the players are saying when they're right next to the ref. Exactly. Now, if you're going to lose three points, could you, you imagine, PJ, Liverpool losing the league by oh, three yeah. points because Jorgen Klopp yeah, spoken exactly. out of turn? <laughs> you know? Yeah, you'd assume, wouldn't you? But I think, I think like Heat says, I think, I think kids watch the football. I think it's, they can get away with it on the telly. Like they see, like Man City players are, are the worst. Oh, and I, 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 I'm going to say it's the it's the Portuguese players at Man City are the worst. Bernardo Silva, Chris, Chris uh, Jack Cole put it in the message if he hears this. I can't stand him. He's a good player, but he always complains to the ref. And Bruno Fernandes is exactly the same. But the ref, if it, the decision doesn't go his way, flings his arm up in the air to him. It's like. And it is, it is, it is impressionable, like you say. I, I've seen kids covering their mouth, talking to each other. Yeah, that's pre-kick. Ridiculous, you know, isn't it? What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? There's no lip reader in the stands. <laughs> the yeah. on you. No one cares what you're going to do. There's no one watching. And do you know what the big shame is? The likes of, um, you know, those players that you've just mentioned, they'd be absolutely amazing players if they just kept their mouth shut. They'd be better, yeah. they'd be seen as, as legends and better it's, than, than... It's actually proven that if you, if, you, if you were nice to a referee and you work with a referee, you'll probably get more decisions. I think with, I'm always with nice some to you, players, Bill. though, it's... <laughs> them, them arguing is is what gets them fired up, isn't it? Well, and, we, you know, we have a saying, if, you, if you're struggling with the players on the pitch, make the numbers smaller. Yeah. That's as simple as that, really. But every, everyone's remembers. Do you remember um, the goal Rooney scored against Newcastle? And the footage shows him yeah. absolutely lambasting the referee, chasing the referee, and the ball just bounces out of the air to him. And he absolutely lashes the volume from about 25 yards. And that was, that was Rooney, though, wasn't it? Rooney had to play. So do, you know, do you know what made that goal even better for me? If the referee went over and went, that's a great goal, but here's your card. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So thank you for that one. Just running through my list of questions now. So last one of the general ones. So who is the best player you have played with or the best player you've shared a pitch with? So we'll go. Joe, you can say the best play you've repped as well if you've not played with that many. Best player I've repped. Uh, I've repped quite a few lads who have come through academies. Now we were starting to get through. So Tom Cannon, he's yeah. at Preston North End. After him a couple of times. I want to keep an eye out. It breaks my heart is Jack Zagielka. So Zach Jagielka, say that correctly, put my teeth back in. Uh, Phil Jagielka's son, he's playing for Liverpool. Yeah. He's, he's banging goals in at the moment. But um, the brother of um, Eden Gums. Um, oh, Eden. Eden. Oh, he's a good player. Absolutely him. phenomenal player. Uh, okay, I've refereed him when he's played in Sunday League. Uh, but I've... The control he has over the ball, the way he can move a person where he wants them just so he can take the ball around him. It's phenomenal. What position was he playing when you refed him? He's always played midfield when I've seen him. 
Yeah. Uh, normally out wide. Yeah, I, he normally plays in defence, I think, for Linux. And I just think he's a little bit wasted there. I think he's got that much ability on the ball. I, th- I think he could play higher up the pitch. I just think he's... Same with Evan. They're both wonderful players. Um, I'm going to say Rob Clark. No, I'm not joking. Um, <laughs> Clark, to be fair, fantastic player. He's probably one of the best defenders I've shared a pitch with. But he's from me town reserve days we used to train with the first team I don't know if you were there Rick Jimmy McCarthy yeah yeah I know Jimmy Him, he used to be a, he used to be a nightmare to Mark he'd left but then he came back for a little bit and he when I was there he'd come back for a few games but he, I'd seen him at other teams he was, he was a really good player yeah I played, sharing a pitch with him it was only training but just when we used to do this shadow game where you weren't allowed to tackle him, but you were allowed to intercept the ball and block it. Um, but he was he was always on my side, and I just couldn't stay with him. Not not for speed, because um, I'm quicker than Chris Gagan. Uh, <laughs> Never mentioned that one, mate. <laughs> it was more than... It was just his movement and his control of the ball and how he can just knock it past you without you realising. That could just be saying about my defending, but he, he was just he was a great player, I think. Yeah, mine mine are a bit obscure because they're from charity games that I've played in. So I played in one one charity game at town and I was substituted onto the game in place of Paul Merson. So I don't know if that counts as me actually sharing a pitch with him, but I came on as his replacement. And then in another game, um, Trevor Sinclair and Frank Sinclair were playing on the opposition team and I'd scored a couple and got substituted. And Trevor Sinclair's like, why are they taking you off there? You're their best player. So I was like, that'll do for me. England international playing in the World Cup said I was the best player on that team. That's going to the grave with me. So I was, I was a happy little bunny after that one. H, best players? Uh, I've got got to uh, mention last week really um Rachel Nolan she's Rachel Mather now but Rachel Nolan she was a great uh, she was an attacker it was the original Warrington that I played with her but she just finished everything such a clinical finisher um she could talk for England so it was great <laughs> when she was in the car with you um we had a good laugh going to to away matches but no she was a brilliant player and then um currently Nick Chatterley Nicola Chatterley um chats I'll get her on on one uh an episode because she's she's a great player to talk to but yeah she's got everything you know she's skillful she's that skillful sometimes she actually trips herself over because <laughs> her feet are too fast for her but uh she's she's now playing actually um this season looking at playing center back with me she did a bit of a stint last season uh, at the end of the season playing center back with me um and she's brilliant she's she's now you know someone goes past it i'm telling her to go <laughs> to go and chase the chase the play down she's the sweeper now um, but it's great because you can just come out from the back and kind of surprise the opposition as well and, you know, take it forward and, and cause problems up front. Um, but she she's just a brilliant player. She's so passionate about the game. And when she plays, you know, she just wants to win all the time. Um, and she's definitely a, a player you want on your team every single game. So, so yeah, Nick Chatterley as well. Yeah, do you well, think you play higher? Nick could, yeah. I don't know if she ever has, actually. I think she might have done. I'm not, sh- not, not sure who... Four, but I've played with her for well over 10 years now it's been about maybe 15 years um 
she could definitely play higher. Um, probably maybe not now because she's um, well. I won't say how old she is. She's a little bit older than me, <laughs> but she's still just as fit, like one of, if not the fittest, on the team. Um, you know, she looks after herself, but she definitely could could have gone really far. Um, you know, if she'd have, she'd have been right and stuck to it. You know, I, I don't know reasons why not. I'll get her on and, and we can ask her that. Oh, definitely. Right, last question, and then we'll finish with some good news. So, um. What are your team's aspirations for next season? So I'll go first. And I think Ryland's, obviously, there's a bit of a consolidation season last year, a bit of a roller coaster at times. But we've got definitely got the right manager in charge now. Um, he's putting together, by the looks of it, a really, really good squad. So my aspirations for the season would be challenging to get into the playoff places. We weren't far off them by the end of last season. I think maybe six points off by the end. So to be really challenging to get into those playoff places, I think would be a really good step forwards. And obviously you'd you'd always like to get a decent cup run in there if you can. PJ, we've talked a little bit about Town's aspirations for next season. What would you like to see happen? Um, I think, yeah, I think I covered it before. I think... Um... Ideally, mid-table and a cup run. Um, any cup will do. Um, and I think for Bruce as well, I have to mention them, um, that all the teams do as well as they can. Just enjoy it. Enjoy the football. Um, and hopefully we keep the managers that we've got at Bruce now and not have this couple of seasons where they come, stay for about six weeks and then we're in the spot of we need someone to run the team. H. It's got to be promotion. It, it seems like it is every year, but we're good enough. We just have a few games where we let ourselves down. Um, I think we've, you know, we've got a great manager. We've got a great set of players, some great coaches. You know, it's it's getting it's getting better every year. Um, I think definitely promotions where we've got to look at in the league. Going to be great, and and obviously same as last year with the with the FA Cup. We got to the first proper round. Bought in, I think it was about ten thousand pounds for the club, which is amazing. So Huge, if we could it? do something similar to that, we're, you know, yeah, exactly. You've got to look at reality. We're not going to win the FA Cup, let's face it. But to get as far as you can and earn that money for the club means a lot. So um, yeah, I think FA Cup first round, first proper round. You know, see if we can get higher if we get to that brilliant. Um, but definitely, the league's got to be promotion. Brilliant. So, just going to finish with a few good news stories. I think we've all got some good news this week. So, we're not asking Joe what he wants to do for next season. Oh, sorry, Joe. Go on, Joe. Uh, I was going to say, give all you lot your first red cards. Just work hard, and I'd love to get the Guardian Cup. Have you ever ref that before, Joe? I've not never ever been involved with it, but I was supposed to do two cup finals this this year. I had to pull out both of them because. Because of injury. Um, what's the, what's well, the Guardian Cup? Just for me, so I don't know what it is. It's like the Warrington version of the FA Cup. Right, OK. So, uh, yeah, I'd love to... Uh, what's this Bruce off. get there? Will it be not? It'd be a uh, conflict of interest, won't it? It could be, yeah, but uh, I don't think you'll ever get there, mate. <laughs> well, I, I, they, might do, I, they, they might do. I won't be playing. No, to be honest with you, I think, uh, well, you know, when uh, Tim, and, Tim and Jacko were there, they did, did a good job. Definitely go in the right direction. Yeah, I think, I think Tim did the best thing he did for Bruce. He was uh, dropping me to the reserves. 
well, that's when the success started to come. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, Guardian Cup. Guardian Cup would be a good one. Love to get that. That'd be great, wouldn't it? So, my good news, um, it links to a question that we've been asked by Lee Penno. So, Lee Penno says that with Warrington Town just announcing an under-18s and under-21, plus the same age group teams at Rylands, what are your thoughts on what these teams offer young lads and what effects do you think it'll have on grassroots football? So, um, we put it out that Warrington had announced that they've got an under-18 and under-21s team next season and... Toby quickly um, replied to us that they, they've already had an under-18s team this season. It's just an under-21s that they're introducing. And I think, honestly, the, the more teams that we can have, the better, because the catchment area in Warrington is absolutely massive. And there's thousands and thousands and thousands of children playing football and a lot of teams just stop when it gets to under 16s and the teams just fold and children are either forced to go into open age football when realistically they're not ready to, or there's that much competition for places in the very few 18s teams that there are knocking around that they just lose interest in football. But obviously with more teams, there'll be more players getting coached for longer and it can only improve the standard of football across the town. Yeah, I agree with that. I think, I think the uh, the standard of football, I think we are starting to see Warrington teams actually competing for cups in it, not just at a county level, but at a national level as well. Yeah. So you start talking about the junior football, like you know, Matteola are doing well, Rylands. Yeah. They're doing well. Great Sankey High School. No one you think, like, I always thought it was when I started refereeing, there was a big massive gulf between the the Liverpool teams and the Warrington teams in the Liverpool district. That gulf is closed. Yeah. It's definitely closed. And I just think we're you know, we're not far from starting to see Warrington teams live county cups. Yeah, well, just linking to that, um Sean Staniford sent me a message yesterday saying that his team represents Warrington in the National Grassroots Championship in Nottingham at the weekend. So they didn't lose a game all day and got beaten in the final on penalties. So that's Matteola Rangers under 10s. And obviously we've had the huge success of Great Sankey Year 7s who went all the way to the school's National Cup final and won that. We've had um, the Rylands under 15s teams that's been winning national competitions seems like every week at the minute they're doing exceptionally well and as you said it's it's just on a crest of a wave at the minute and with the quality of coaching and the facilities that keep improving all the time it's it's only going to get better and I'm really really confident that Warrington teams are going to do some some really special things over the next couple of years yeah me too I'm really optimistic and you see it in all sports, you know, you see you see success. It gets more people wanting to join in. It gets more people wanting to play, wanting to be a part of it. Yeah. And yeah, I just I just see it getting better, if anything. 
Absolutely. Ellen, you got some good news for us? Yeah, I have got, uh, well, first bit of good news is congratulations to the Wolston Wildcats under eight girls. So they won a tournament which was hosted by Rainford, uh, Rainford Rangers last weekend. They kept a clean sheet for the whole tournament, which is quite impressive. Um, and also Indy, who was one of their players that scored the winning goal, she got player of the tournament as well. So congratulations to Indy and congratulations to the Wolston Wildcats under eight. That's a, a great achievement. And then just a little bit of uh, a note or news. Um, so my team, Warrington Wolves Women's Open Age, um, we're holding another open session. Um, we had two open sessions in the week, um, which were really successful. But I know there was a few people that couldn't make those. So we, we decided to open another uh, session, which is going to be um, this Sunday. Uh, well, next Sunday, 25th of June. Um, it's going to be at Great Sankey on the 3G pitch, two o'clock till half three. So any girls, uh, women that want to come in and play open age, just come down and we'll have an open session. Um, you're more than welcome to come. Brilliant. Joe, PJ, any good news from you two? No, none for me. No, no, nothing for me. On that note, I think we're going to draw it to the end tonight. I've really, really enjoyed having a chat with the three of you tonight. It's been really, really good. So massive thanks to PJ, Joe and H for joining us. Uh, look forward to seeing you all next week and hopefully we've shown you once again that Warrington is more than just a rugby town. Bosh. Bosh. Bosh.